got kids running around. Let's do this. We haven't done this in a while. Kids, y'all come up here. If you're one of our young kids, you want to come? We're going to sit right here on the floor today, all right? Very good. We got to get y'all active and engaged here, all right? We finally have a floor that you can sit on. It's not concrete or, or uh, sheetrock all over it. All right. Very good. Very good. Yeah. All right. Did she say wait for me? Oh, Brooks, you better wait up. All right. What a good group of kiddos. All right. Hey, I've got a question for you guys this morning. All right. Can you hear me? All right. Have, have any of y'all ever been on a team before? What kind of team, Sloan? Baseball teams. I'm on Sloan's baseball team as one of the coaches. What, are, what team? Basketball team. What other kind of team, Skylar? Volleyball team. What about when you do uh, cheerleading? Is that another kind of team? Yeah, that's good. What other kind of team? Softball team. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Emily, what about you? What kind of team? Softball team. Ava, have you ever been on a team? T-ball? T-ball team, yeah, yeah. What other, what other kind of... So when you're on a team, what's, what team have y'all played on? What's the team name? I think most of y'all kind of have the same team name. What team was it? Or Santo, what's the mascot? Wildcats. There you go, Santo Wildcats. All right, so when you're on the team, now Sloan, when, when we were playing the game a couple of weeks ago, there was a ball that you got to and another one of our teammates got to at the same time. Remember that one? Yeah? And what did y'all do? You fought over it. Yeah, all right. Y'all both, and, it, and, and I pick on Sloan, but this happens in every team. You get there first, huh? and you want to get the ball, and the other person on your team wants to get the ball, and, and you almost like fight on, your, on the same team. When you're on the same team, are you supposed to be going against your other teammates? No, you're not, right? Why not? Because you can get hurt, but why? You're on the same team, right? Yeah, so when, yeah, that's, when you're, when you get hurt, you have to sit out, that's right. All right, so hey, y'all look right here. When you think about, I'm going to get down here so y'all look at me, all right? When you think about, when you think about God, can y'all see that maybe we're on God's team as when we follow God? Can you see that? What does it mean to be a part of God's team? Jesus, okay, Jesus, what does it mean to be a part of God's team and Jesus' team? Bentley, what do you think it means to be a part of God's team? To be nice, okay, that's, that's how we act, but being, what do you think, Emily? To love God, okay, so when we're a part of Jesus' team, it means that we're Christians, right? And did you know this? One of the things we're going to talk about this morning is that there are other Christians, everybody look right here. There's other Christians all around the world. Did you know that? Yeah, there are. There are other people that don't even come to our church, but they still worship the same Jesus we worship and the same, they worship uh, Jesus as their Savior just like we do. Isn't that cool to think about? And we're on their team, Team Jesus, okay, when we follow Jesus. huh? So, some people go to different churches, right? And and here's what I always get to. If if do we put our faith in Jesus, then we're on team Jesus, right? We, if you make a decision to follow Jesus, everybody look right here. 
then you're on Team Jesus, and there's Team Jesus all over the world. Isn't that cool to think about? What do you think it's like to go to a church in a different place? Kind of different, huh? Yeah, I bet it would be. All right, well, y'all y'all, uh, go back to your parents for me, all right? We're going to talk about being on the same team, and thank y'all for coming to the front this morning. All right, let's clap for those kids this morning. Amen. So, uh, Philippians, if you have a Bible, we're going to start looking at Philippians uh, the next couple of weeks. Did y'all know next week, I think, is Mother's Day? Did everybody know that? Okay, now you've been warned. Next week is Mother's Day, okay? So, so make some plans or whatever you need to do to, to uh, uh, recognize the moms in your life and, uh, and honor them next, next Sunday will be Mother's Day. Um, I want to thank Cody this morning. Can we clap for Cody helping us in the sound booth? All right. And Philippians. So Philippians chapter 1. We're going to look at this. This was a letter that Paul wrote probably from uh, prison or jail or home house arrest over in Rome, okay, uh, towards the end of his ministry. We don't know that for sure, uh, but just some of the clues there. But he was imprisoned, and he wrote this letter to the, the church at Philippi. And you go back in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 16 uh, is where uh, we see Paul planning this church. All right. And we, we see the letter here in Philippians and this letter to the church there. Uh, but he started this church. It would be the first church in that area. All right. Uh, and in modern, modern day Greece area over there. And so he started this church. Um, and planted this, this, this was kind of the first in the area. Um, so in, in the book of Philippians, we're going to just open up and see what the Lord has for us. But it's a book that celebrates and encourages. And don't we all need to be encouraged? Amen? We need to be encouraged in the Lord. And the book of Philippians is going to encourage us to think on good things and to look at things with a, with a, a gospel mindset. And so Philippians chapter 1 this morning opens like this. It says, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus. It says, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, that's like all the saints, that means the whole church, who are in Philippi, including the overseers and the deacons. So uh, the, uh, the elders, all right, and the overseers, elders, and the deacons, those who lead in serving. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace. You see the, the New Testament idea there of God's amazing grace and the Old Testament peace. Shalom there, that idea of, 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 of the peace of God resting. Grace and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And then in verse 3 says this, I give thanks to my God for every remembrance of you always praying with joy for all of you in my, in my every prayer because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. All right, so he says that he prays with joy for what's going on and what's taking place in this church. This morning, the first truth as, as we work through this first section this morning is that we have partners in the gospel. What I shared with these kids, we need to remember as adults that we are a part of God's team as Christians, amen, right? This big church, big C, 
And there is work going on outside the doors of our little C church here, right? Our local church. Isn't that good to know that God's doing a good work even today around the globe? Amen? And we need to remember that. And so Paul's idea of looking at that and remembering of that is, is very simple here. He says that he prays for them with joy for all of you in, in my every prayer because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, because of the partnership that we share with other believers. You know, as a, as a pastor, did you know that pastors sometimes are not perfect? Did y'all know that, right? That was a joke. Come on now. Come on. Y'all, hopefully, hopefully you've seen that by now. Pastors are not perfect. One of the things I think a lot of pastors struggle with, myself included, is sometimes you can become competitive. Amen? Do we have any competitive people here? When you play Monopoly at your house, it's, it's like throw down, knock, knock them out, or, uh, or maybe uh, dominoes, or, or whatever it is, it's, you're just ultra competitive. I'm not a super competitive person, but I'll tell you, as a pastor, sometimes you can become self-seeking, you can become selfish, and you can become competitive when you're supposed to be partnering and on the same team as other believers, all right, in other churches. Did you know this? There's churches around the world that are doing great things for the gospel. Did you know this? There are churches in our county, in our local area, that are doing great things for the Lord. Amen? And one of the prayers I have, and one of the things that, that I ask continually for the Lord to help me with, and to change in my heart, and to make sure I'm, I'm, I'm doing this right, is that when I pray for the other churches around in our area, that I would pray with joy for them, right? That when we hear God doing good things, and people, and I, I go back to this, are they preaching about Jesus or are they preaching the Bible, right? If they're doing that, I'm going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to, there's, there's a lot we're going to agree on. Salvation by God's grace, right? Things that we're going to hang on to, that there's one God. If you're doing that and you're preaching the Bible, man, I'm going to be excited. And I ask the Lord to, to, to make my heart full of joy when I hear of good things in our area going on for the gospel. Amen? We are partners. We are partners in the gospel. Today we are called to be thankful that the kingdom of God is much more than the, just what can fit in this building. Amen? Isn't it good that the kingdom of God, that everybody that's being saved today doesn't have to come through the doors of our church? Right? That God's so big, that God's doing so many different things, that there are people all around our county, in our state, in our nation, in our world today are proclaiming the gospel, and God's doing amazing works. We are partners in the gospel. Paul understood that. When he writes this letter, when he would talk to these churches through letter, when he would show up, he understood this. It wasn't about Paul. It was about Jesus. When we look at what it means to be a partner in the gospel, we understand that it's not all just about us. We desire good for other churches. Church family, we need to be a church that when we hear about other churches doing stuff, that we don't say, oh man, I bet we could do that bigger and better. No, we pray, God, would you be in that and bless the church as they proclaim the name of Jesus. We ought to be about saying, man, we want our neighbor, neighboring churches, we want the churches in Texas, we want the churches in our, our local area, our nation, all churches proclaiming the gospel to grow and to multiply. That's the kingdom mindset that Paul had, that we are partners in the gospel. 
that we would be full of joy when we hear of good things happening in other places. This morning, I want to just push on you just a little bit as we talk about this. If, if, if you hear of good things happening in other churches, what's your go-to reaction? Is it like, man, I, I wish our church was doing that, or man, I wish we would do that better, or man, I, you, you hear about a, a, a family that hasn't been to church in a long time, or maybe not ever. Maybe you've been pr- praying for that family. Maybe you've been reaching out to that family, and you've been inviting them every week like you're supposed to, right, church? You've just been on it, and you, you, you've extended the invitation. You said, you come sit with me at church. I want to show you what my church is all about. I want you to be a part of what we're doing. And you invite them, and you invite them, and you invite them, and then all of a sudden, what happens? They go to church, right? But they go somewhere else, and they get saved. What's your gut reaction? Is it, man, I wish that they could have come to my church, or is it, praise God, that my brother or sister has found Jesus, amen? That was, that was Paul's attitude in this. In church, if we're not careful, we become self-centered in the way we view our local church. And, it, and we're, not, we're not it. We're a great group of people, and I'm so thankful for our church family. And I do want people to come in the door, but you know what? God's doing great works even out in other places, amen? That's the first point this morning, that we are partners in the gospel, that's what, he, that's what he opens here. He says that we're partner. he's partners in the gospel from the first day until now. He goes on to say this, I am sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Let me read that again. I am sure of this, Paul's certain of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. There's a, there's a lot of truth in that one statement this morning. The first thing is we're partners in the gospel, partners with the gospel, with other believers all around the globe. The second thing this morning is that God is the one who started a good work. God is the one who started and always starts a good work. God is the one who started the work. Think about this. In, in you. God is the one who started you, right? Think about your life this morning. When I talk about this being an encouraging book, focusing on joy and pointing us to the gospel and pointing us to the message of Jesus and, and what, what God's created for us to be, we need to understand this, that God created you as a good work. You know, science can do a lot of things. We, had, we, we sent some people to outer space, and I think they came back today, right? That there, there's this, this space uh, shuttle. I, I, I don't know how they got back. I think that maybe they just got dumped into the Gulf of Mexico somehow, right? They came back. And it's amazing what we can do. It's amazing that we have a, a, a robot on Mars. Have you seen this robot that's on Mars? It is fascinating. And it's driving around, and it's taking pictures, and it's incredible what we can do through science. But one of the things that, that in the last couple of weeks they, they did, they were able to create oxygen on Mars somehow. By, by, by doing something, they created oxygen. And here's the thing that, they, that they, science will never get to. Science will never get to, as creative and as knowledgeable as we are and as high-tech as we are, we will never get to the point where we can be God. You know why? God is the one who gives life. 
You can't get life without life. You can't do it. No matter how high tech you put it, you got to have something that's alive to get something else that's alive. Without it, it's just, if you look at Mars, there's, there's just an absence of life there. In fact, they would, they would, if they found any kind of life, anything that seems to have ever been alive, it would be groundbreaking and then people would go crazy about it. The truth is this, that God is the one who gives life and God alone. If there's life on Mars, it's because God put life on Mars, okay? God is the one who created you. He began a good work in you. When you think about your life, sometimes you might look at your life and you say, man, there's not much good in my life. I'm just junk. That's what the world tries to make people feel like. You're worthless. The message of Christ is that he who began a good work in you, God began a good work in you. God does not do bad work, right? There's a lot of things that I'll call God and, and, and say this is who God is, right? But being somebody who makes junk is not something I would ever recommend calling God, amen? He doesn't make junk. God makes good things. He started a good work. God started your life. When he gave you life, he started a good work. This morning, I want to ask you something. When was the last time you thought about your life being a good work of God. Look at your story. From the time that God created you and you were born till now, for some of you it's been a few years, for many of you it's been a lot of years ago, right? That you've lived on this earth and, and you need to understand that God was the one who gave you the life that you live. God was the one that made you like you are. He created you and he began a good work, not a bad work. Every life is started by God, your life and my life. God started a good work. That's what Paul says here. He says, I'm sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion. It was a good work. All good things come from God. In James chapter 1, it says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Every good gift, every good work, every good thing comes from God. God is in the business of good work. God's work in your life is because your life is worth it. If you see God working in your life and you see God doing things in your life, you need to See that as a reminder that God believes your life is worth something. The world continually spits out this message that there's people's lives that are worth more than other people's lives. We see that now more than ever. Here's what I'm going to tell you. If you've got life in your lungs, it's because God put it there and your life is worth Jesus going to the cross for. Every life is precious because God finds value in every life. God is in the business of doing good work. And then the third thing this morning is that God is a finisher. God is a finisher. He takes it to completion. That's what Paul opens this letter with. That he who began a good work will see it through to completion. Now there's a few jobs 
that you can have and that you can start working on and, and, and kind of stop and then maybe pick up the next day. All right, I'll pick on a few people in here. First of all, I would say the farmers in here, right? The farmers, you guys are never finished with anything, right? You, you, you're the ranchers, you, you go work on a field and then it gets quitting time and you just leave the tractor and you go home and you try to come back the next day. And there's probably something else that comes up. Uh, we got a bunch of surveyors in here, right? All right, if, you, if, you have, if you're doing a survey, we got a couple in here. If you're doing a survey and you get to a point where you can't see anymore in the dark, you can leave the survey stakes maybe where they are and come back the next day and hopefully maybe, maybe finish, right? All right, all right, I'm going to pick on Philip a little bit, little bit there. All right, so surveying. Um, maybe um, other things that, that you're doing. I'll pick up my friend Doc. We've been working on a, uh, like a shed at your house. I helped them with a year ago, and we're still not done, right? <laughs> All right, so, so, so maybe this year we'll finish that shed, right? And, and we work on the shed, we put some siding on, and then I come back a couple weeks later or several months later now, right? So there's jobs like that that you can maybe stop and then maybe finish or maybe not ever finish, right? There's things like that. There's other kinds of jobs, and I wrote down a few of them, that that you hope people don't just up and leave and not finish what they started. A couple of them that you can't take a break from, you can't come back tomorrow. A few of them that I wrote down, um, somebody who's a scorekeeper at an athletic event, right? You can't, you can't be keeping score at the basketball game or keeping the clock at the football game and then be like, you know what, I'm tired of doing this, I'm going to come back tomorrow and finish, right? It would be chaos if... if, if uh, uh, a major league umpire just said in the middle of a baseball game, hey, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to come back tomorrow. I'm tired of doing this today. I need a break. Can't do that. A couple others I wrote down. What about an airline pilot, right? If you're an airline pilot and you're in the middle of a flight, you can't just say, well, I'm tired of flying this plane. I'm going to go take a nap, right? doesn't work like that. I wrote down one more of being a, a surgeon, right? A surgeon. Thank goodness when you go in for a surgery that the surgeon doesn't have the opportunity in the middle to say, well, I've done my eight hours today, I'll, I'll come back tomorrow, right? A surgeon starts a surgery and they see it to completion. I share all those things because we can see that there's some things in life that maybe you've hired somebody to do at your house and like, like Doc, I've been helping him and, and maybe I'll come back and help him finish, right? And there's other things that are vital that once they start, they're completed. Once a surgeon goes in and does a heart surgery and opens somebody up and the heart is there and the work is done, it all has to be put back together just the right way with just the same kind of care. When I look at Jesus and I look at his work that he began in us, I find great encouragement in this. He says, Paul says, I'm sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. God is a finisher. Amen? He finishes what he starts. God finishes what he starts. Sometimes we, I hear this question, or I hear this statement, God has abandoned me. God called me to do this, or God led me here, or God was walking with me, and I feel abandoned. And I want to point you back to this scripture, what Paul just said, that he who begins a good work follows it through to completion. God is a finisher of the job, the good work that he starts. 
This morning, if you are walking through life and you don't see God actively involved in your day-to-day life, and you're, you're that person that says, I kind of feel like maybe God has forgotten about me, I, look at this verse. Look at what Paul says one more time. He says that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Here's the truth. None of us are there yet. None of us are completed yet. Amen? Until, until our earthly life is finished, until Jesus comes back, we're not there yet. Right? Jesus says, I'm coming back. The Bible testifies about that. When he comes back, we'll be there as believers. But we're not there yet. God is a finisher. Sometimes we question where God is. Has he abandoned me? He hasn't abandoned us because he finishes what he starts. He started a good work in you and he will see it through. God is always working his plan for our good in his glory. God is always working his plan for our good, our, the, our best interest in his glory glory sometimes we don't see God at work and we don't see God we we feel like well God's not really doing anything he is doing something he might be protecting me from my own plan and not and helping me see God's plan right you ever been down that road where you want something so bad and you're ready to do it and you're you're just say okay God just open the door but God continually puts on the brakes and and moves you around an obstacle that you don't need to to go into a place that you don't need to go into he because he has the big picture in mind because he wants what's best for you he helps you get around that and protects you from that from that but in the moment you say where are you at god why aren't you doing this god is always working around us this morning if if i could encourage you with one thing about seeing god's good plan unfold and his good work and him seeing it to completion it's to ask the lord to show you where he's working because sometimes a glimpse of seeing God orchestrate a great plan is all it takes for us to just have a, a sense of peace. And for other times, you know what? We can pray for that and maybe we'll see it, but maybe we won't see God's big plan. Maybe we, we won't understand it fully. In fact, the Bible says that, that Jesus, through Jesus, we can have a peace that goes beyond all understanding. Maybe this morning you don't understand it and you, you, feel, you feel like God has abandoned you. Ask the Lord to, to give you that peace that goes beyond your understanding of his great plan, his good plan, and he'll help you through it. Faith is like this, that we say, okay, God, I'm not sure where this plan is leading me. Faith is, is saying, I'm not sure where this is going, but I trust you Jesus. I trust your plan. I give it to you. You know, Jesus' ministry often talked about worry and anxiety, and now more than ever in our world, we need to be reminded of that, that we can't figure out everything, and that there's going to be times where maybe we feel like God is not working, but he really is, and part of faith is saying, okay, God, I trust you in this. I don't understand it. I don't see it all, but I trust you and that's difficult to do but it helps our faith increase when we trust the Lord where is the Lord working in your life today where is the Lord working in your life today 
Maybe this morning, the first thing for you to do is just simply st- let God start a new work in your life, a new relationship in your life. Maybe you know about God, maybe you've been to church a long time, but you have never really let God start a one-on-one intimate relationship with you. You know, he calls out, he says, I want to, I, I, I'm calling your name, right? I stand at the, the, the door and knock, you know? That's the message of Jesus, that he comes, he came so we can walk with him daily. That he could take up our sins on the cross and we would be forgiven. And we would have a, a relationship, not just a religion, not just a man-made thing, but a, re, a relationship with a living and true God. Maybe this morning, you start that. You let God start that. He's already initiated that by going to the cross on your, on your behalf and my behalf. And you let God start a new work in your life. Maybe this morning, you let the Lord remind you that he is doing a good work. You know, some, some people that are in the church, we, we sometimes get, get in this cloud where we don't see, we don't see God's good plan the goodness of God in our day-to-day life. Maybe when a baby's born, or maybe when we get a job promotion, or maybe when something happy happens, right? But on, on a day-to-day relationship with the Lord, we have to continually be reminded how good God is. Maybe this morning you say, God, will you help me see how good your plan is? How perfect your plan is? That takes us opening our eyes and looking at the big picture of what God's doing in our life. And then maybe this morning you just need to be reminded that God completes his work. God's not going to leave you hanging. He never has. If you look at the Old Testament, one of my favorite stories, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know this story? They refuse to bow down for King Nebuchadnezzar's big statue. They refuse to, to bow down again. And the king has them bound up, has the furnace turned up, and he throws them into the fire, right? And then in, 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 it was so hot that the, that the guards that took him up there, they all died. But the king looks in the fire, and there's three guys plus one walking around in this furnace. And he calls them out of there. He calls the three guys out. They walk out of this furnace because the Lord had protected them, because the Lord was with them. They did what what God had called them to do, and the Lord was with them in the furnace. Maybe this morning you need to see that that's the God we serve. Be reminded of that. Let me pray for us. Lord, thank you for your message through Paul to the church at Philippi. This morning that message is for us. That we're on a team with other Christians all around our community, all around the state, all around our nation, all around our world. You're doing a lot of good things. This morning, I pray that you would remind us of those good things, that if there's somebody here who needs to respond to your call to start a new relationship, Lord, that you give them the courage this morning to come and to, to, to let me know about that so I can pray with them and encourage them. As we sing this last song this morning, Lord, I'm going to be here at the front, and I pray you'd give somebody the courage to come and just say, hey, I need to, be reminded, or I need to start a good, I need to let God start a good work in my life, and you'd help them just to follow up this morning. Lord, for others this morning, they, we need to be reminded how, how good you are, 
and how you see us through to completion. I pray that you remind us of that today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.